Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection on Wednesday, September 7th, 2022. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Most merciful Father and Almighty God, since you have given your only Son as the sacrifice for sin, also give us grace to receive with thanksgiving the fruits of his redeeming work and daily following his way. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. As most of you know, this Bible study and reflection podcast found its beginning in early March of 2020. I believe this is my 129th podcast. With my pastor's encouragement and much prayer and meditation, I had been leading an in-person Bible study on Wednesday evenings for three weeks prior to COVID hitting and shutting things down. I did not want to stop sharing God's word because we couldn't meet in person. You know, in times of crisis, humans have a tendency to turn to religion for comfort and explanation. The COVID-19 pandemic was no exception. Using daily and weekly data on Google searches for 107 countries, this research demonstrated that COVID-19 crisis resulted in a massive rise in the intensity of prayer. During the early months of the pandemic, Google searches for prayer relative to all Google searches rose by 30%, reaching the highest level ever recorded. Hopefully, we're drawing near the end of the COVID crisis. However, that does not mean we're drawing near the end of needing God and God's Word, where His Son is revealed to us. This has been a humbling experience for me, and I want to thank each and every one of you for your faithfulness and willingness to take time to hear God's Word on a weekly basis. And I hope you're doing it on a daily basis as well. Also, thank you for your encouraging words that have meant so much to me. I would like to ask you a favor. I would love for you to share this podcast with others because I truly believe that whenever God's Word is sent out, it never returns empty. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. All right, so a little story here. About 13 years ago, Laurel and I, with a few other friends and maybe my brother and sister-in-law, went to a friend's wedding. It was a beautiful wedding, and afterwards we went to the reception. At the reception, we chatted with many old friends, some of whom we'd not seen for quite some time. Well, it was getting to be time for the reception to wrap up, and we were getting ready to leave, but Laurel and I decided to have an impromptu gathering at our house, and before we left, we reached out to a handful of friends to let them know we would love for them to stop by our house and have drinks, light snacks, and fellowship. It was in the middle of June, so it was hot, as it usually is here in Columbia, and a handful of people were outside our home and some were inside where we had the air cranked down as low as it would go. Later that evening, my brother and I decided to sit in our den, cut the lights off, and cut the ceiling fan on so we could cool off. 
While we were resting and cooling off, we heard a familiar voice in the kitchen as well as an unfamiliar voice. We recognized the familiar voice as belonging to someone who had not been invited to our impromptu get-together, but had heard about it, and I guess you could say they invited themselves. Apparently, our uninvited friend and his date were hungry, and even though we had not advertised any food other than light snacks, they were rummaging around our kitchen looking for something to eat, and then I heard the refrigerator door open. After they had scoped out the contents of the refrigerator, my uninvited friend's date said, I can't believe they don't even have any leftovers in here for us to eat. At that point, my brother looked over at me and gave me that look like, aren't you going to say something? And I whispered back to him, I said, no, let's just let it run its course, because I thought it was rather humorous. It did make me wonder, were they there for our friendship relationship or the food and beverage relationship? Now, if you'll remember, John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins. And I mention this because one of our readings today occurs just after the feeding of the 5,000, which was preceded by John's horrific murder. John the Baptist had been very critical of Herod because he was having a relationship with his brother Philip's wife named Herodias. Herod had John thrown in prison. During that time John was in prison, Herod was celebrating his birthday, and at his birthday party he had the daughter of Herodias dance for him and his group. He was so pleased he promised her anything she wanted. Well, her evil mom asked her to request that Herod have John beheaded. Herod honored her request, and John the Baptist was murdered. Jesus learned of this, and he wanted some time by himself to go and grieve the death of his cousin. Our first reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 13 and 14. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. You know, some of the, some of the folks in a large crowd followed Jesus because they believed in him. Or they were interested in learning more about him. And they believed that he had been given authority from God the Father, and they were there to worship and praise him. But others, though, were there to see what they could get from Jesus. They wanted their relationship to be transactional and what they were willing to give something, maybe a little bit, but they wanted to get something in return. Now, I'm not going to retell the whole story about feeding the 5,000, but it is an interesting point or fact to point out that just the men were counted. In that culture, women and children had a lot lower status. So it would have been a very large crowd. And the few loaves of bread and few fish they had, Jesus blessed them, he fed the crowd, and they had plenty of leftovers afterwards. Now let's listen to Jesus' words in the book of John after he had crossed over the Sea of Galilee and some of the crowd came looking for him. This reading is found in the book of John chapter 6, verses 25 through 35. 
When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they ask him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they ask him, What sign then will you give that we may see and, it, and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. You know, while the question that the crowd asks hints at a new miracle, it comes from hearts that are eager to see, only to see miracles and not to understand them. Jesus does not tell these people when or how he came across the lake so mysteriously, but in his answer, he rebukes their wrong intentions. Many answers of Jesus are on this order. He replies to men's hearts, not merely to their words. He would give what they need, not merely what they would like to have. Since they are used to working for bread, the response of the crowd is to inquire, what kind of work is necessary to receive this bread? If this bread Jesus offers is a different kind, perhaps the work will be as well. They are told to work for the food that remains for eternal life, which the Son of Man gives. And this work means to believe the one whom God has sent. You know, if you're more comfortable with the word trust, you can substitute it for the word believe. In short, Jesus is saying, trust me, believe in me. John also recorded the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. It's actually one of my favorite stories in the Bible for so many reasons. I think I've done a study on it before. In this story, Jesus is revealed as living water, a prophet, as well as the Messiah. Both of our stories today reveal Jesus is the bread of life and is the living water. Because of his magnificent sacrifice, our lives should be lived in such a manner that we praise his name constantly. The living water that is given to us so freely in Christ becomes the wellspring of our life. We come to Christ to be filled, to be forgiven, and the void that is filled by Christ in our life overflows so that we desire to proclaim how excellent he really was, is, and will be forever. 
We should hope to become more like the Samaritan woman in that we can't stop ourselves from telling others about the joy he has brought to our lives. We no longer need the next best thing because Jesus is the greatest thing that will ever happen to us. So, to put it in common everyday terms, I pose the question, are we going to treat Jesus as a fast food drive through when we need a snack, or are we going to thank and praise him constantly for being our life-giving bread and living water that he bestows on us through his selfless grace? Jesus invites us to be part of his gathering and not just to peek in his refrigerator and see what he has to offer, but to look at the cross and see what he did offer. He offered himself for us, and it is because of that sacrifice when God looks at us and he sees us as imperfect as we are, he sees us as perfect in and through his son, Jesus. Jesus canceled our debt that we deserve, and that, my friends, is good news that needs to be shared. The Bible is a story, not just any story. It's a unified story that leads to Jesus. God is revealed in and through the person of Jesus, found in the words of Scripture, inspired by the Holy Spirit. I certainly hope that we will all be learning, loving, living God's Word. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most merciful God, we thank you for your Spirit-inspired Word that leads us to the bread of life and the living water that will sustain us in our faith journey until your Son returns. Help us to share the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ, as we continue on our faith journey. We ask this in his name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now go in peace, serve the Lord.